0: Hey, what's up, you guys? (laughs) When Ali showed up here today, I was playing music and I was like, hey, have you ever checked out the Spotify DJ? I just discovered it yesterday and it's so good. And then like the music continued to play and it was garbage.
1: (laughs) It was bad. (laughs) I was like, chain (laughs) smokers.
0: I was like skipping every song and I was like, no, 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 I swear it's good. And then I was like, wait a second. I discovered this yesterday when I was at the gym, and I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but I would equate listening to music while at the gym as like the same thing as beer goggles when you're drinking, because it's like all music sounds good when you're at the gym. You're like high on endorphins, and like every song is like boom, boom, boom. boom, boom, boom. <laughs> at least for me. Then yeah, like today in like a regular state, I was like sucks it's like the exact same thing as waking up next to somebody and they're not as cute as the night before
1: i also get that with music when i'm driving in a car like Mm. long nice country road like a random song will come on and i'm like this is such a good song and then you listen to it late and you're like this is not okay so this is rascal flat (laughs) it's
0: (laughs) honestly so real I can't keep track of the numbers
1: anymore. It's 21. Thank you. Welcome to episode
0: 21.
1: Yay! Say it in Italian. 21. Thank you. How high can you count? High.
0: Okay, good. (laughs) Today, the topic that we're going to be talking about is moderation versus extremism. I think it's going to be particularly funny, the two of us having this conversation, because I, Chelsea, very much so represent moderation, and Ali very much represents extremism so we might like play into those two uh like opposite dynamics extra just for like the fun spicy debate of this episode but yeah that's loosely what we're going to be getting
1: into and then you tell us who wins at the end <laughs> I'll like put a, a poll. Pre- presidential debate yeah great i'll put <laughs> a poll <laughs> my favorite psychological social experiment that was ever conducted was that one in the 90s where um there were a bunch of kids in a room and the psychologist puts one marshmallow in front of each kid. And the kid's like, Oh, sweet, a marshmallow. And the psychologist is like, okay, this marshmallow is for you and you can eat it whenever you want. But if you wait five minutes, I'm going to go make a phone call and come back and I'll have a second marshmallow. And if you don't eat the first marshmallow by the time I'm back, you can have two marshmallows. The kids are like, okay, okay, okay. 90% of the kids couldn't wait five minutes and they fucking destroy that marshmallow. <laughs> and when I saw that study, I was like, yeah, same. like I wouldn't even, I'd be eating it before they finish the instructions. <laughs> <They're> like, what? <laughs> Oh, (laughs) spit it out
0: they leave and then eat it again whereas like i would absolutely wait for the second marshmallow i like no problem it it wouldn't even be a challenge
1: but not only that you'd like save the second marshmallow for later you'd like put it in your bag and like eat it the next day
0: yeah you want to know how i can like basically prove this exactly okay during halloween when i was a little kid like i'd go trick-or-treating and get lots of stuff right my brothers same thing they would demolish all of their candy In like one or two days, and they would be so sick and have stomach aches, my mom would be trying to take it away from them because they couldn't control themselves. Whereas I'm not joking, I'm not joking. I would take mine, I would count it all, I would divide it by candy and chocolate and like into all these groups, and then I would budget out how long I could, if I had like one candy a day, how long it would last me until, or if I had two candies a day, how long it would last me until, and I'd be eating Halloween candy in like July.
1: Yeah, you could, you No, know, it's such a great trait to have like, like the short term shittiness or like waiting for the long term benefit. I don't know what that's like.
0: I don't know. It's very funny, though, because if you are relating it to like instant gratification relative to delayed gratification, like I do think that I. Those are the s- words I was trying to use. <laughs> I am a sucker for instant gratification in a lot of instances, but it's funny how it plays out in different scenarios. Yeah. Well, let's go with the food one first okay
1: people already know my issue with food (laughs) give a 10 second summary 10 second summary is if there's a jar of any crushed nut in my house like peanut butter almond butter whatever butter i will finish it in one sitting yeah same with ice cream like it's it's with everything like a loaf of bread One day, maybe two. It's the foods
0: that like you really like that are like particularly really indulgent for you.
1: Yeah, like I've never had leftovers in my fridge. Like if I make something, it's going to be eaten. Even if I go to another room and like close the door and wait two hours, because that's what everyone says to do. I come back and then I eat it two hours later. So for me,
0: I purposely keep foods like that in my house. Like I'm a really big... (laughs) fan of freezing things like I put cookies and like desserts and stuff. I always have like brownies and treats and whatever in the freezer and I Part of the reason why I purposely always have them is because I do know that I've felt in times when I've like deprived myself and like cleared out my whole house of that. That's when I start to get really into that like binge, all or nothing mindset. So instead, I purposely make sure that the bait is like always around because then I don't get into that deprivation monster mode of like wanting to eat it all. So yeah, I just like, I'm like, yeah, it's always there. I can just like open the freezer and have a little nibble of something. And I do every day, but I just, again, like I, I literally have a bite or like I cut off a piece or just one of something.
1: <laughs> God bless. I don't know what that's like. Because my house was, growing up, my house was full of food and I still had this issue because it's not just food. And we'll talk about other. Yeah, well,
0: this, is, this is what I'm going to parlay into the food thing. Um, about a year ago, I had a friend who started doing health and fitness coaching and i have always been someone that's been sort of interested in that type of service because i think that i eat pretty well and i have a pretty good fitness routine but i've always wanted to tighten the screws more and see like what my real real full potential was if I if I really did that as perfectly as I could so when she started this business I saw her own personal transformation and that was kind of like something that I was looking to do so I was really intrigued by it so I said you know what I had just moved back to Toronto I was just out of a breakup it was the beginning of a new year there was like it felt like a lot of things lining up and I was like yeah now is the time for me to try this I have a little bit of disposable income I can like finally do this so i started working with her and basically all it is is tracking macros for your food then like a very metric driven workout schedule with like progressive overload sorry if that's gibberish to people listening i can like quickly say it so tracking macros is literally weighing your food and keeping track of like a few of the macro nutrients so it's like calories protein fat fiber or my eyes are glazing over Ali doesn't give a shit about any of this, but for anyone that's listening that does, that's the that's the quick T on what tracking macros is. And then progressive overload is basically just like gradually increasing time under tension at the gym. So it's like whether you're doing that through reps or through increasing weight, it's just gradually challenging your muscles more and more to hopefully encourage growth. Sorry if I butchered that. If you're a professional, that's my layman's understanding. Okay. The whole point is that it's like very extreme and it's very exact. Like you have to track your food and you have to track your weights and it's all in a spreadsheet and it's all like very exact. And I started to lose my mind because I am not exact like that. Like I am not extreme like that. Like for example, it made me crazy to weigh olive oil when I was cooking because I was like, I'm just, like, fucking greasing a pan. Like, I'm not going to k- count a tablespoon. Like, it, it made me crazy, like, the actual, like, lifestyle practices of doing it. But also, like, it made me feel very, very constrained in my mind. It was too much for me to, like, mentally deal with. And, like, same thing with my workouts. Like, I go to a commercial, commercial gym. I go to midlife, as you guys know. And like, so I would have to do the exact same workouts with the exact same machines and the exact same equipment so that you can like really, really measure like if you're getting stronger over time. But like, to me that felt so impractical going to a commercial gym because like if all the benches are full, I want to just like swap in another exercise that like works the same muscle group but like doesn't require a bench. And like, that's how I've always worked out. But then I it made me by being in this program like have to be so exacting and I found it just really constricting and I felt claustrophobic in my own life. And it sucked the joy out of eating and working out for me. That was my experience with it. However, there are tons of people that find great success and that also claim to find great liberation through this because it's like sometimes how I've heard it described too is like sorry if I'm bouncing all over as per usual but like sometimes uh, when people describe having a budget too like with their money they find it liberating because rather than being like lost in space about like wondering if you can afford something or if you should be spending money on something and if that's causing more anxiety like not knowing what's going on. Then yeah, you might find great relief and feel liberated by having a budget cuz you're like, "Okay, well now at least I know what my like upper and lower limits are and I feel freedom within like knowing the boundaries." So, I think that's like the the same concept that applies here with the eating and the exercise. But for me, that was not my experience. So, particularly with eating, that was like another reminder for me where I was like, "No, I am a moderation girl. I just need to use good judgment and keep things in a good balance and that's what works for me going to this more extreme side of managing how i'm fueling myself is making me lose my fucking mind
1: yeah but so many people do the extreme version we're
0: not trigger warning Are we trigger warning i don't know it was making me feel like a slippery slope of like disordered eating because it was having me be like really hyper fixated on my food so then i was just like oh, I only have like 200 calories left. Like, how can I maximize that with like a snack? Like, do I want chocolate? Do I want salty, sweet? Like, blah, blah. And it was just making me super fixated on it. And then also like, because I'm kind of like a defiant, (laughs) like, I, I am I don't like rules and insubordinate I, I'm insubordinate thank you that's my word I was like I want to go over it fuck it like I'm just not even like who why do I have to listen to the spreadsheet like I'm just gonna eat whatever the fuck I'm gonna eat I don't even have to put it in the spreadsheet like fuck you and it like started to make <laughs> me get all angsty and I was like punching back
1: <laughs> that's funny because I also have the fuck you yeah. which is my fuel for extremism though because yeah. I'm like fuck you I'm eating an entire cake no one can tell me I can't
0: food is obviously so yeah, it's hard tangled up yeah. but like that was just like i don't know one thing that maybe people can relate to if they've experimented with more extreme diets or like methods of feeding themselves versus just the more intuitive eating or moderation approach
1: i've always been envious of my friends you're one of them my other friend Candice, shouting her out can eat one square of a chocolate bar and then like wrap it up and put it away i'm like what the fuck
0: i think it's like really addressing like the mindset way high level about just like there's no scarcity around it like you can have it if you want it but the whole thing is that you just don't want it anymore like one is enough but i want it but that's because it in my opinion when i've been in in that mindset it's because it is buried under layers of feeling like i can't have it yeah And like, you have to actually unlock it where like you genuinely understand, that like you can have it and there is no starvation deprivation involved.
1: Yeah. My friends will joke. Anyone who's been to my house knows this. My fridge is always like kind of empty because I can only buy things for like my meal that I'm making at that time.
0: Yeah. And you're like, no, no, I'm European. It's not because I have like a problem
1: (laughs) where leftovers can't sit in my fridge. Okay. Let's go to another example. Good.
0: Great. (laughs) I want to talk about dating apps oh uh, this is one that i pick on people about not just Allie. people I, I, no <laughs> not just Allie. you just happen to be like what's it called in my target in my well, i'm having trouble finding my words today radius no you're just like you're in the path of fire path of destruction <laughs> <laughs> path of fire okay anyway, go. i want to make a case for if you are single in dating you should not be deleting and re-downloading hinge in whatever interval of time you see fit. You should just have it on your phone, leave it there. I don't care if you don't open it. I don't care if you're not swiping. I don't care if you're not talking to people. To me, the bad behavior is the deleting and re-downloading of it. And our good friend here on the couch,
1: Allie. has never done that. Loves doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and I do it. My friend Liz would always joke cuz I would do the worst case scenario where I would delete my entire yeah. profile so that like yeah. every time I redownloaded it it'd be like new here. So I'm like new on the app every 4 months. So people know that you have this
0: problem. Yes. If you, and they yeah. <laughs> if anyone was keeping track. <laughs> the reason why I feel like this is because it's like the insight that it like what I'm wondering when you're doing this okay I'm going to talk to you in real time about this I'm I'm genuinely curious is when you're deleting it are you thinking that like you're deleting it for good or do you know that you'll be back I think I'm deleting it for good (laughs) that's exactly why it's fucked up
1: yeah because I'm like it's not for me yeah but then
0: inevitably you do end up re-downloading it every time
1: but the time is longer each time
0: for sure yeah yeah that's sick dude
1: <laughs> okay i have something to say that's maybe it has nothing to do with this episode but i'll just say you can cut it and i think it's like vulnerable but also people might relate i'm embarrassed to show that i'm on that i'm single on the dating app but everyone else on the dating app is also single. i know that's why it doesn't make sense sorry so let's unpack that a little what why why are you embarrassed i don't know I just, uh, that's one of the reasons why I delete it too. One, I, you know, I don't like the swiping and stuff, but you gave me a good challenge to that. When you're like, just the first thing you say is let's meet for mm-hmm. coffee. Like you don't have to chit chat or anything and you can yeah. swipe like one person a day. Yeah. You don't have just to.
0: Just to bring the listeners up to speed. Like Allie yeah. was protesting to me that like her main reason why she's unhappy on the dating apps is because she does not get joy from like texting banter. Whereas I do. And some people do like they like that game at the beginning. She does not and i said to her that's cool then like use the dating app how you want to use it so then be somebody that is a lot more direct from like matching to meeting up like cut out that texting you can you can use it how you want to use it maybe we just cut this and move on no i think it actually is interesting but i agree it's not this does not have to do with moderation and extremism we'll come back to it but like one thing that i was just gonna say to you is that like i'm curious about this because i can understand it if it was like when you had your phone out around other people and they saw that you had hinge on your phone and like notifications were coming up or if they just saw the app on your homepage, I could understand that because then they're not necessarily single and then feeling other from them is what makes you feel embarrassed. But like, it feels confusing to me and that's the part that I don't understand about when you're on an app where in theory everyone else is supposed to be single. So it's like, but you're all in it together. Like of course you're single. That's literally the point of the app. So I don't understand where the embarrassment comes from there. Me neither.
1: We'll par- move up yeah. Parking lot item. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me know if you know. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I see people all the time deleting and re-deleting. You know those types. You, I'm sure you've seen.
0: Yeah. But I always think that it comes more from the part that we were talking about initially about the delusion of being like, okay,
1: I'm done with the apps. They're not for me. And then they always come crawling back. Yeah. I think it's the extreme mindset. It's like with yeah. my peanut butter. Like I'm always like, I'm never keeping peanut butter in the house again. And mm. now I have like a family size. Yeah. Jar in my house. Yeah. Okay. Extreme people want to be moderate. Okay. I think that's you're speaking for yourself as a. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. I I don't. I don't know how to. We're gonna. We're gonna be working through this in the episode here. But in my opinion, like what I do, is that yes, there are absolutely periods where like I am not opening the app at all. I will go days, weeks, like whatever, depending on if I'm you know seeing someone else, talking to someone else, or say there's something external going on in my life where like I just don't feel like dating's a priority, but I always just leave it on my phone. I don't think that there's any downside to me just like not opening it. Nothing's, I'm not missing anything, nothing, I'm not inconveniencing anyone else by it like being just dormant on my phone. But like I know I am going to come back to it, so I just just leave it there. I've just made the decision that like when I'm single, one of the irons in the fire for me dating is to be on the dating app, so like that's just, is that extreme
1: then like yeah i don't know you know can you make that argument i don't want to be harsh but like i feel like you are extreme kind of in the other way where you're like on the dating apps a lot but there are like
0: like for example uh, this is not nefarious for me to say but like when i was seeing the last guy that i was just seeing like we never ever technically defined the relationship and i am kind of a stickler about that that unless we have an explicit conversation about it then like we are single until proven guilty,
1: guilty. <laughs> <laughs> i <And> like that
0: <laughs> so like i was respectful though and like i know how to fucking read a room i did not feel like it was appropriate for me to be talking and seeing other people when we were in the thick of that stage plus like i was enjoying getting to know him and being with him. I did not feel any kind of hunger for me to be like involving anyone else in my life at that time. But the dating app stayed on my phone almost out of principle because I was just like, I'm single. Like, and there were times for sure when he was like sitting next to me and I would swipe on my phone and like the apps were like still there and I could feel the energy like wince a little in the room until we have a conversation though. Like that is something that I am kind of a little stickler about.
1: Yeah. Yeah it's funny because when i'm talking to one person on a dating app i don't talk to anybody else and i don't swipe so maybe i do it in moderation when it's on my phone but i've told you why in our other episode i said about putting all your eggs in one basket that i think you should diversify
0: and i think that it is really
1: i am an all eggs in one basket woman yeah can we bring it to work yeah we cool. can go back to dating later no, but it's
0: fine we're, we're just we're just like yeah. kind of we're having a discussion this is two fans on a couch having a chat that's what our podcast is
1: oh so we have silly energy today a bit I was unhinged. There's earlier. a little pep in my step today. I like that. I'm hungover. Does anyone else, yeah. when they're hungover, get like deliriously fun? It's a specific hangover, yeah. o- only sometimes, but they're, yeah. get, they're that's the best kind. I'm in it now. <laughs> I might crash later, so let's get this going. Okay. <laughs> the work thing. So um in work, I'm so extreme. It's unreal. Like when I was at my law firm, I was going a hundred and ten percent at all times quadruple checking everything billing as many hours as I could i um, never saying no to work killing myself over if I had a typo in like a 25 page memo I would like sit spend all night thinking about the typo mm-hmm. and not be able to sleep the people of the internet are just gonna start diagnosing you again when they hear oh. that. whatever <laughs> and then I do that for four and a half years and then I quit i can't think of a better example of extremism than that like i don't say "Hmm, maybe i'll take a break or maybe i'll like work for the government or maybe i'll go in any any option it's and it's not even that i was like i'm gonna take a break i was like i'm quitting i'm never practicing law ever again flash forward six months later to now i'm like chelsea i have something to tell you (laughs) I think I'm gonna maybe not fully quit the law and like ease into it moderately they always come crawling back which who knows I might not end up doing it but I do think that there is something good about people who like just take a break or just like move their 110% to an 80% it's not perfect or bust it can be pretty
0: good I think what you're describing is incredibly relatable. Like, I think that is the typical pipeline for burnout. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And especially in the workplace, like that's just incredibly popular. Now I've often gone back and forth on this though. You know, like it's two sides of the same coin. Like you can just, it depends how you spin it. Right. But like, You saying you're like, oh, I was so focused at my job and like I was like really detail oriented and like I held myself incredibly accountable, like whatever. You could think those are all like really good qualities and being like, wow, you are exceptionally talented at your job. Like you are really committed. Like go with me on this. Wow. Like in a sense, someone like me is kind of envious when I hear that because I'm like, I just could never delude myself far enough to make that matter enough like i'm always living in this like moderation land that could also be compared to like apathetic approach do you understand like because i'm always just like i have this perspective where i'm like it's just a job like i'll be fine without it oh it's a typo like because i just i just do you though Yeah, I do. There's certain things that I'm very hard on myself about. But like in this type of thing, particularly when we're talking about the example of work, like I just always approach it with a sense of balance because I'm like my whole life and my whole opinion
1: of myself is never going to be tethered to work. That's why you would make partners so much faster than I ever would at a law firm because the the people who can work at 85% and whatever, I'll use this term, like set boundaries, say no to work and just not fucking take anything personally when they make a mistake, they're the ones who make partners. Not the people who like cry over a typo and like yeah maybe at first my work is like quote unquote better than yours but then i max out and crash that's why like if
0: i were to make a case for like if i just had to pick like okay is moderation or extremism better i would make the argument that moderation is better simply for the fact that it's more sustainable yes and like for something like work like in theory you're signing up for a career that's going to be like 40 years or whatever that's a long ass time so yeah if you are trying to do something for a long time. Like you've got to find a balance and
1: some moderation so that you can do it over a longer period of time. I think extremism can be good in work when like you're inventing something or um, you know that you just want to make like a shit ton of money and then quit early because then you need the extremism to like make the most amount of money you can possibly do or like put everything into your, app or whatever and whatever but but
0: that's also it's that is congruent with what i'm saying is that you know though that that's a sprint like there is going to be a short time period and there's an end to that which is why that can work in some scenarios and like for example when you're talking about my brother or sorry yeah i was talking about your brother (laughs) i was I i knew you were i don't know if anyone else did so my brother is like trying to make an app right now and had a new investor come on like on Christmas Eve is when he got the contract and he was supposed to stay in Toronto. Like he lives in LA and he was supposed to stay in Toronto for like the rest of the holiday time, like until after New Year's. And he decided that on boxing day, he's like, fuck it. I'm booking a flight. I'm going back to LA like tonight because the switch has flipped. And now like I'm in go, go, go mode with this like new investor and this money and this opportunity. And like, I just, I cannot relax anymore even though i know the whole world is basically shut down right now because it's the week between christmas and new year's and nothing happens in that week he was just like it doesn't matter in my head the switch has flipped and this is the extremist in him talking and he's just like i am not gonna just like go to florida and chill like that's what you're supposed to do he's like i cannot lay by a pool right now like i'm trying to build a giant company it's it's happening it's funny to see how he reacts and how other people react when he acts like that, because a lot of people are like, Oh, like that's our guy. Like, that's why he's so special. And like, this is why we believe in him. And he really is different because like of this, like switch that flips in his head. And like, wow, that's really extraordinary. And like, that's, what's going to set him apart from other people. Whereas like me being the typical sister and also just like somebody that really values balance and moderation. I said to him, I was like, I believe in you and I love you and I'm so proud of you and the, and your work ethic and how you do all of this stuff. But like, yes, you've spent a lot of time reading about all these tech founders and how these people go about achieving quote unquote greatness. And like one of the common threads is that like they alienate their friends and their family in that process. And I just as someone that is your sister that loves you and is very close to you. Like, I don't want to be alienated from you. I want to be in your life. And I, and I want you to want me to be in your life. And I just said to him, I was like, listen, buddy, if you really are so fucking special, and if you're going to achieve, achieve all these really great things, then like I double dog dare you to be the first tech founder that does all of that and doesn't alienate their family. So like, that's me just pushing back on him. So Ali, don't worry. It's not you just getting the heat.
1: (laughs) Well, I was just going to say, I wonder if like, were Jacob and I born with this weird thing, like where it's just like impulsive, go, go, go extreme nature. Cause I'm like this with almost everything, right? Like food. Yes. Work. Yes. Even school. Like I'd either get an A plus and be the top student or i'd literally fail the class like there was no i i don't think i've ever had a B be in my life in any part of life relationships same i try so 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 hard and then out here's what i'll say is that i'll play devil's advocate on myself here
0: sometimes i think that moderation could be equated to mediocrity balance could equal middle boring boring safe like very just middle and like mid as the kids are saying me (laughs) I definitely do have that feeling creep in every once in a while and I'm like okay if I'm like so good at balance does that actually just mean that I'm only destined for mediocrity like will I ever do anything great when I'm always like leaving some in the tank all the time because I'm like worried about sustainability rather than just like why don't I just put all my effort into something right now and like deal with the future later. I have all of the data to prove that like I always figure out later, later. Why can't I believe in that? And like, why can't I just like, give my all and then see what happens? Like, so I I definitely do get in that mindset of like, maybe I should experiment with that a little bit. It's possible
1: yeah i think you're constantly multitasking Mm -hmm. i don't even mean like on your phone and also like washing the dishes i mean like your brain is like there's an egg in fitness there's an egg in relationship there's an egg in work what's that thing you always say what beautiful mind (laughs) but like you never like put your full effort into one thing whereas i'm so like zoned in one thing at a time like that's why i can because I know you believe me when I say this, when I delete the dating app off my phone, the entire time it's deleted, I'm not like thinking about redownloading it. It's just like, then one day randomly, I, I redownload it, right? So yeah. I don't, it's like out of sight, out of mind. Same with Panini. Like right now, I don't even think about her. But like, Did we say that on the pod? I don't think they know. Uh, yeah, they don't know. Panini's at winter camp with her yeah. dad right now. It's a really good illustration yeah. of my extremism. When she's with me, I'm like, I cannot put anything below her i'm trying i'm working on my mindset being like in moderation but like it just i don't know it hasn't worked and then when she's gone i don't even like really think about her like if i get a picture of her i'm like oh she's so cute and then i just live my life it's like i'm so extreme with everything yeah the out of sight out of
0: mind is very interesting to me and like i know it's silly or maybe useless to gender these things again but like I'm just gonna go there for fun but like to me I think that what you're describing is like a much more masculine experience like a lot of people talk and like honestly complain about their like male partners and husbands, boyfriends, whatever that like, they are so when the carrots in front of them, like that's all they see women, particularly in their life, like they want them to do more multitasking. It's like, okay, just because you've decided that you need to cut the lawn today. doesn't also mean that like, we don't have to like get groceries and the kids need looking after and there's laundry and like, we have to, call my mom and blah, blah, blah. women are usually the ones like keeping all those other balls in the air and they're like what are you talking about like i'm helping out like i'm cutting the grass and it's like
1: no but there's like more fucking stuff yeah but they fucking kill it i cutting the grass <laughs> <laughs> the risk and day-to-day is so much more scary with my the way that i live but the reward can sometimes be better
0: i agree that's a good way whereas of with
1: it. you it's like you're in a constant state of like contentedness that's not a word contentment again more sustainable you're um, you're not all over the place emotionally like your actions are not predictable but like are normal more normal than me and same with jacob and same with people other people who have the extreme issue i wanted to like say to you like
0: from last week's episode when we were talking about like settling in relationships and stuff like you took such a hard line in being like i'm not willing to settle and i was like i don't know maybe there is some compromise and i think that's so perfectly depicts exactly what we're talking about like i am being moderation when it comes to picking a partner and then you're being
1: so much more extreme it makes total sense when you loop it in generally you like apply nuance to thoughts and activities and i literally can't yeah it's
0: it's funny and then i was also now just thinking about like the through lines in other conversations that we've had and this is like really for the true pod fans come along with me if you remember these but like when we were talking about you, you and your dad and then and dogs shitting on the lawn. (laughs) Yeah. I don't remember. vengeance. Yeah. It's the vengeance and the justice. And when I think about that, that's like very black and white binary thinking. It's very much about like right and wrong. Again, that's like an extreme approach to things, right? Whereas like I really do just see things where I'm like there's always a story. There's always nuance. There's just more details required to be able to make broad sweeping calls about things like that that's why when i'm like i could even like start rationalizing like they're like okay say someone's dog shit on your front lawn it's like yeah that's fucking wrong like that's they should pick it up but it's like what if literally the dog pooped two minutes before and they only had one poop bag and they thought they were gonna be fine but then for whatever reason the dog decided to poop twice on that walk and they were like having a nervous breakdown that their dog just shit on someone's lawn and they didn't have a bag and they're having the worst day of their life and they have to run home and they're late for work and blah blah, blah. it's like do you still hate that person
1: no but i have to go through all of that because <laughs> my knee-jerk reaction would be like fuck you pick yeah. up your fucking dog shit and yeah. then i don't act on that that's why i do have a challenge with people that
0: like have a temper because obviously yes this is a whole other conversation but like emotionally regulating yourself (laughs) but like to me there's just always more to it that's why like people get upset in traffic and are like leaning on the horn and like whatever like yeah of course sometimes people are assholes and they go through a light when it's yellow and they're going to block the intersection and they fucking know they're going to do that and screw them they shouldn't do that (laughs) but like sometimes you actually do just get caught in the middle of the intersection everyone has accidentally done that every once in a while so if you make them feel horrible and you're leaning on the horn and you're like flipping them off like whatever it's like okay, relax. You don't know what day they're having. You don't know if this is the first time that's ever happened. It could have been a total accident. So just like, I tend to give people grace until I have like some real substantiated evidence for otherwise. And like, I think that's all moderation. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, it's funny when you apply this lens to like all these different areas of life, right?
1: Is there anything you're extreme about? For sure. I'm wondering what they are, but like, w-
0: yes, yes. Um, I could give it. What if I'm extreme about moderation? Yes.
1: (laughs) I think potentially like social media. Okay, we're going there. Can I say that? Yeah, we're going there. Why do you say that? Specifically, Uh, what? I think that you have a strong calling to social media very frequently. You could say that. I'm not saying it's bad or good. I'm saying it's potentially you don't use it in moderation.
0: What I'm going to say to that is like, okay, when there was like the first all those like things starting to come out with like screen time and like being able to limit your apps and like putting timers on stuff. I was like, Oh, that's not for me. (laughs) Like, that's definitely not for me (laughs) because like, fuck you. Like I'm not listening to some timer. Like, and I see other people have them on their phone and they just like ignore them, ignore, ignore, ignore. Like, and I'm just like, what are you doing to me? That's the same thing as like downloading and deleting the dating app. It's like, you know, you're going to ignore it, but like, you're kind of like telling yourself a story that like, No, like, I'm done with the dating apps. And no, I'm going to stay off Instagram, like, after 5 p.m. or whatever. And it's just like, you know you're fucking not going to do that. Like, just be realistic and find a way to make it, use it in moderation. Like, that's what I tell myself, is that, like, my high level belief through everything is like, I want to be in control of myself. I don't want to have to put barriers or like, um, what's like the thing on fucking bowling lanes? What are those called? Like guardrails? Like I don't, (laughs) I don't want to, I no, that's the thing that they go into. I'm talking about the bumpers. Bumpers is what they're called. I don't want to have to rely on putting like training wheels, bumpers, guardrails on things. I want to be in control of myself. And I understand that that's like, potentially stupid to approach life that way because it's like if there are these tools available to you why not free up your brain power your like energy your willpower your brain to not be so fixated on relying on willpower like instead just use those tools and and live your life but like i for whatever reason feel very married to like i want
1: to be the person that does that that's extreme i think potentially yeah and but i also i'm gonna keep poking you and say but i don't think that you use social media moderation but like that's all relative right yeah like there are lots of times where i demonstrate restraint
0: that's what i'm saying You're, it's i have a all, million
1: if, i have a million things that i don't
0: do But all with. i'm saying is that it's yeah. all relative so like there are lots of times like for example when i'm out in public i challenged myself like a long time ago that when i'm waiting in lines places i don't take my phone out i used to always take my phone out i'd be bored i'd have like just standing there in line like why not just scroll on instagram or whatever and i just for whatever reason decided. at that time that like i don't want to do that i want to just open my eyes and just take in the environment around me so like i every time still when i'm standing in a line even though i've been doing this for years i have the urge to reach
1: into my pocket and take my phone out and i choose not to okay that is what i'm saying yeah i'm saying i'm the same way i have the urge to scream at someone or something but i don't i don't but we both still have the urge
0: Yes. So for sure, social yeah. media is like the thing that I'm least in control of. Like my brain wants to default to the place that like I don't want it to. Whereas like with other things, for example, with food, I've conquered that where like my
1: brain just doesn't even go there yes. anymore. That's what I was trying to say. I was trying yeah. to like give you your version yeah. of peanut butter. Yeah. Good word. Yeah. <laughs> we got there. Yeah. It's really tough for both of us because you have to eat every day. So like having that impulse, it's, it's like... It's more challenging because you have to face it at least three times a day. With you, you literally are running a podcast. Like you have to be on social media. So it's like, I don't know. I think that that makes it particularly challenging. These are things that you can't really go cold turkey
0: with. Whereas like with other addictions, alcohol, drugs, whatever, you can just none, no more. Knives. Well, I guess you do need that. Stop. Do you? Okay. Well, what I was going to say is that Esther Perel is getting a shout out for the third episode in a row. If by now you've not checked her out, definitely do it (laughs) or just keep listening and we'll just like give you the Coles notes on everything good she has to say. She to me is the hottest woman. Like I want to be that. She's so good. Yeah. She's so smart and she's so in tune with like people and like not in like a stuffy academic way in like a very rooted and real reality like she just fucking kills it and she just also just has like an edge to her she's fucking cool she's cool but
1: like not trying to be just
0: is i i i fucking love her this is the concept that she was talking about this is totally something else that we're talking about but i think that it really applies to this go with me on this journey in order to have like a successful long-term relationship you need to have two things which are love and desire but then what she's explaining is that love and desire are actually quite opposite things desire is defined by the wanting of someone else that's like the playfulness the adventure the mystery the like hot spiciness of Wanting and desiring your partner, okay? I know I'm defining something with the word. That's the one part of it. But then the other part is love, and love is the needing, which is like literally the caretaking and like the helping and the softness and like somebody relying on you. And those things are completely on the opposite end. So if you need love and if you need desire, but they're opposite things, how do you have them both at the same time? And her answer is brilliant. You need to calibrate both of them. It's like walking. So for example, when you're walking, you can't just walk all with your left leg or all with your right leg. It's like you literally are shifting your weight from left leg to right leg, from left leg to right leg. Sometimes you're going to need to lean into the love. Sometimes you're going to need to lean into the desire. And it's literally a balance and a dance of shifting your weight back and forth between the two of them. And that's what I'm going to make the comparison here is that I don't think it's good to be all moderation or all extreme. And I think that like there are going to be times where you need to use both. It's just
1: shifting your weight between both of them. I just had a light bulb. Oh, it's why my relationships always fail what <laughs> okay i'll just give the last one as an example okay the first part of our relationship we literally would like have sex six times a day yeah. all desire all desire all desire the second we introduced a dog that required a lot of caretaking and love yeah all desire out the window yeah and i can't unlike you i couldn't i can't can't do both i'm like dog caretaking yeah. no dog i'm horny that's what happens i think that's very relatable it makes a lot of sense and why you are potentially quote-unquote better in romantic relationships is because you can do both i don't know that i'm better but yeah like i think bringing it back to last episode
0: is about like me being more vulnerable requires me to introduce the like needing the love but on their side they need to feel what it feels like for me to need them earlier on because i put up this front of me being like really independent and really self-sufficient and like emotionally really like put together so then like any they don't ever have to walk on that leg that needs the love part so then when it does all switch they're like holy fuck i've never
1: walked on this leg before what's going on potentially you can kill me if you hate this but (laughs) you killer you maybe lean too much on like the desire front at first, but I think that that is natural and like potentially I'm not making excuses for no, myself I know. but I think that
0: is like the tendency of like a younger person too right as I mature, I'm realizing the importance of this to just calibrate both and introduce it as early on as possible.
1: Well, you did a really good thing recently, which I was really proud of before you can cut this but on your dating profile, you finally put you're looking for a long-term relationship I did instead of just being like. I don't need to put anything because it's like you can be desirable and fun and whatever and also still seek love and comfort and something more. No, I actually really appreciate you highlighting that. Like, I do think that that is a demonstration,
0: like a physical implementation of how my mindset has shifted and how I'm feeling more ready to like show that vulnerability to strangers on dating apps that I may or may not ever speak to or connect with in any way fun hell yeah
1: (laughs) i would say nine times out of ten extremism is bad like think about extremist religion i wasn't gonna mention it (laughs) i will i'll fucking i don't give a shit
0: but when i think of the word like extremist to me like when you link it to like headlines in the news yeah it's like it's never good crazy people protesting gay funerals and like flying airplanes into buildings yeah
1: (laughs) i'm not like that just in case anyone thought that but like i'm just gonna say it but like as someone who has an extreme mindset it like kind of makes sense to me how people can get there you know what i'm wondering and i don't even know if we're gonna leave
0: this in because it might be scary but like ali and i have talked about how we want to do this episode how like everyone is 10 steps away from becoming a murderer yes. we have this like concept where I, it needs a full episode to explain it but it is related to yeah. exactly what you just let's said let's easter
1: egg them a bit yeah This is a little, a little breadcrumb, a little Easter egg. Everyone is on average 10 steps, but I'm like maybe six steps and you're maybe like 14 steps. Yep. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So...
0: We just want to put in a quick reminder that um, now we are extremists about promoting the pod. Mm -hmm. So every episode, we're going to be reminding you, please subscribe, follow, share it with a friend, rate it, like participate in the polls, engage with us. We would be very, very appreciative. Yeah, that's it. That's it. We'll see you next week, guys. Have a great week. Thanks. (laughs) Bye.